All in one, this is parts three and four of this Fruit of the Spirit series here with the Anything so, But Quiet Time podcast. Oh, if you're counting. Yeah. We've done love. And then last week, joy. And now it's... Uh, peace and patience, because I looked at the verse. <laughs> it's uh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And we've also talked about just kind of the generalities of, of these. It goes on with kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So we'll get to each one of them. But overall, this is what the Holy Spirit gives us, mm -hmm. that if we're a believer in Jesus and we have that the Holy Spirit in us, we have the ability to utilize these at any given point. And yeah. some days are better than others for all of us. Be the person that we were created to be by God. Yeah. Because we said yes to him. So he's like, all right, man, you've opened the storehouse now because look, this is all waiting for you. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about when you've utilized that piece. Can you think of a moment in your life? Go back into the recesses of your memory. And Carter will answer, And but you think about your story too. Maybe yeah. it was a devastating sense a set of circumstances where your response to it was peaceful. Like you had peace. The The first thing that comes to mind, I was in second or third grade and my uh, Mima was in the process of passing away. It was a home health nurse type of situation, mm -hmm. hospice. And, and so they just knew that it was going to be this night. And my uh, mom and her two sisters were in there. And so, yeah, I'm second or third grade. My cousin's just a little older and it had just... Um, You're staying on the outside of the I room. stayed on the outside. I was on the couch, you know, and um, I fell asleep because it was just so late. My cousin, in the most dramatic way possible, wakes me up. Carter, Carter, Carter. She's gone. Your cousin. And I, okay. I don't know why I had to deliver like a movie line, you know, and I was 3 a.m. and I'm, I'm out of it. But I do, you know, Jesus talks about having a childlike faith. And so I, I think it... We grow up and we have expectations and the pressures of the world and everything. We let that get to us. So I, I, it may not be the same for me now, but at the time, that childlike faith made me made me realize, well, she's at a better place. Yeah. And I was as good as you you can be for a kid that's that just lost sure. his mima. So well, sure. I think those are the moments where. Let me ask you a different set of questions. Okay, so you just explained a huge traumatic event. One of those, there was before Mima and there was after, you know, mm -hmm. that just kind of like you can just, there's a point in your history that you'll never forget. Right. I think we as a nation remember there was before 9-11 and there was after 9-11. Oh, those sure. kinds of moments yeah. in our lives, right? So, but now I want you to think of a lesser moment where your response was not peace-filled, mm -hmm. was not even close to being as traumatic and you will never look back on and say there was before this moment and there was after this moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Can you I, think of those easy? I would say anything in in traffic. I would say yeah. when it comes to spending too much money or or wasting. Mean, I I hate wasting. And so now that we have a four month old in like a year, I'm just probably going to eat the rest of his entire plate that he doesn't. Eat. <laughs> I just those little things like no 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 we no don't waste let or 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 don't cut me off. No, I'm supposed to turn here. And yeah, it, you know, that's kind of crazy to think about when you put it like that. I had way more peace in a way bigger moment yeah. than I did about getting cut off in traffic. And so what happened to what happened to our peace? Like, what's the yeah. difference? We don't use it. There? We don't use it. Why? Why would don't we know. utilize the same peace for those moments? I, I look, I'm posing the questions because this is something, you know, you got to ponder. I'm posing it not because I've mastered it by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. I am probably in one of the most stressed out seasons of my life. And I've not been greatly encouraged by other brothers and sisters in the Lord in terms of like, it's only going to get better from here. Mm -hmm. 
actually was shared with us in, in a chapel service the other day. It's only going to get worse is what oh. their encouragement was. Oh, I was like, good. Oh, great. Yeah. What are you talking about? No, just the fact that stages of life present different circumstances and sometimes more trying the older you get just because health deteriorates, your families, uh, your parents are getting older. If you're in the middle of life, I've even heard pastors share that that can be the most difficult stage of life because your kids are growing or almost grown mm-hmm. and almost out of the house. And then your parents are ailing and health or, or whatever. So it can be very stressful. And not to say that any stage of life, you can't do the comparison game. Well, I'm more stressed out than you are. Because then you get into trouble that way. Pain is pain. Well, you know, I always uh, thought that as a, I just told myself I'd never forget, as a high schooler, in the worst semester I was having with chemistry and algebra all at the same time and the homework and the band, right. the marching band that it's I was doing. It's a lot. And so I told myself I'd never forget that because a lot of people, a lot of adults at the time, oh, that's nothing. And, you know, because yeah. you imagine when you're working nine to five. Yeah. I'm asking you that. That's still one of the most stressful times I look back on in my life. I don't. I, and even if I would say that presently my circumstances are more stressful than anything I endured in high school. God gives you life in stages for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully I have matured over the years. So I'm at a place where now I can learn new things in this well, stage of stress. And to your point, even if it was a stressful time for any of us at, at high school, middle school, child age, sure. um, the, the stakes are higher when you're getting older. Because you're dealing with life and death and more physical, you know, things and 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 you're trying to raise somebody, not just get through a math class. And so even if you feel like you're stressed out younger, I think the stakes are higher as you get older. And but as a young person, you don't know that. No, no. The stakes. I don't know. I just feel right. stressed out. I just and stressed. Yeah. Again, you're going through life in the stage that you are at presently. And it already feels like I've already got my cup full, man. I'm mm-hmm. So why am I not? residing in his peace? Why am I not living, walking, and and grabbing hold of his peace? And there's this scripture. It's very famous, and it says, you know, my peace I give to you. I don't give as the world gives. There's another scripture that talks about how his peace is something that's so indescribable. Peace that passes understanding, like beyond my comprehension, is something that Jesus alone can give. Why am I not living in that peace? I think I have to recognize it. Again, it's not something that I issue into my life, into existence. I can't manufacture right. it. That's something we talked about last week with joy. I don't I don't have the ability to make this stuff up. This is a gift from Jesus. And I think the moment that I take a beat is when I can start issuing it into my reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like the moment I take a beat, that's when I open the door for the Holy Spirit to say, I'm here. Right. I've always been here. And I love the greeting that the Jewish people would give to each other, which is a very real word in their culture. It means peace. It means tranquility. It means it means all the things that you need to eliminate stress out of your life. It's shalom. And it's the way they would say hello and goodbye. Like, why can't we do that now? I want to start saying to people. Greeting with peace. Peace be with you. Peace be unto you. It's something that. We hear over and over again, reiterated throughout scripture, peace be with you. When people were unnerved about something, no, 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 peace instead. I don't want fear to come in. I want it to be a peace-filled situation. I want to comment on, you said you can't manufacture it. Yeah. But 
I think we try. Oh, yeah. On Sunday morning. Oh, good, good. Everything's good. You, you basically are lying a little bit. And I... <laughs> There's there I we've because you don't it. want to get into a conversation yeah, absolutely or in passing between Sunday school and church. Are you kidding yeah. me? And so I know that we've said it over and over about any given issue. There's always a balance to it, but there, I think that's where a small group, a close friend, comes in handy, where we can be open with somebody or a select few, and then it's not necessarily trying to put on a face, but you know, with the whole church. Let's say you go to church with 500 people and you're in a small group with five people. Well, the other 495 people, you just don't need to get into it with. You have an outlet that you have a, a safe small group that you can get into those things with. Uh, but but if we're trying to do it all alone, if we just show up to church on Sunday morning and we have nobody to talk to about it and we just put on that fake smile, no, it's manufacturing it is going to get us nowhere. Yeah, because it ain't real. Exactly. Synthetic peace. Yep, not, don't want it. Don't That's wanna... not a thing, even. I mean, synthetic peace? No. Um, and the world desires peace. That's, I mean, how many times we've heard uh, Let There Be Peace on Earth and Let It Begin With Me is a song that I remember from, uh, we sing it in our choir all the time. I, uh, you know, give peace a chance. Of course, everybody gave the peace sign back in the 60s. You would wear it around your neck. You right. know, peace, brother. You know, what, the, the desire is that everybody just get along. Here's the problem with the world. They don't want to turn to the one who makes it happen. Yeah. They want everybody yeah. else to, well, I should be able to turn to my own religion. It doesn't work that way because everybody else has a different antidote. That's true. And Jesus, uh, here's and here's the deal with that. I am peace. <laughs> I'm the prince of peace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, no other faith on this planet can offer the things that our our Jesus Christ offers through his spirit and can only come through his spirit. And... It's just an, a remarkable gift that he's given us. And you see him in the boat. This is a famous example. The storm is raging all around. And I've always thought of this as a Sunday school lesson done on a flannel graph board. So yeah, it's right. It's very, um, you know, very story, very movie, very not real in my world because it's right there and I can touch it and see it. Oh, yeah. Jesus calms the storm mm -hmm. and the disciples are all scared and they're like, why aren't you? helping us. We're about to die here. And Jesus wakes up and says, peace, be still. And that's the story. But then when I actually picture, like I've, I've lived now through hurricane type weather, I can picture storms that are of such great, like mass destruction. It's just huge and overwhelming. And I feel like it, this could be it. Maybe I'm going to go see Jesus today. Mm -hmm. What that feels like and Jesus being able to speak peace but it wasn't just because he could speak peace. He was peace. He was literal peace sitting in the boat with them. Um, and he wasn't worried at all. Right. He was asleep in the boat. And so they had to wake him up. And, and then he was like, why are you so distressed? Because you've got peace in the boat with you. But you just don't recognize it. And I, I need to recognize it in my life, in my own boat. And, and another very real example, Carter, was with Paul was a prisoner on a, a, a ship, a merchant ship, mm -hmm. and they were taking prisoners along with other stuff, I guess, um, in the midst of their travels to get him to where he needed to go as a prisoner. He uh, got mixed up in a big storm, too. I mean, this storm was so bad, they said, that it was like typhoon weather, and they had a name for the weather, and they got caught up in the storm to the point where there was literal no control over the steering of the ship, and the wind and the waves were in control. I 
try to fathom that. And that is something made out of a, a thriller horror movie for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Can you imagine being in that kind of situation? And there's no telling whether it's day or night. It's that dark. And it goes on for days and days and days and days. And it's in that moment <laughs> where they are so distressed that Peter, uh, excuse me, Paul comes to them and is like, okay, so I talked to God. We don't have to be stressed. We're going to live. Here's what we're going to do. And it's just this perfect peace. But then we see it in the smaller circumstances too, because when he gets off the boat at one point and they're building a fire to stay warm, a snake bites him. And instead of freaking out, like I would do, he shakes it off. It goes into the fire and he moves on. So, And they're like, get a load of this guy. So there you see Paul in the midst of, horrendous, very traumatic circumstances and maybe something that would be considered less. We know that this particular snake was venomous because the people on the island were like, oh my gosh, this guy is a god because he lived through this. Mm -hmm. No, he knew the god. (laughs) But obviously in comparison, one seems a little bit more trite than another. I, I, I need to apply these stories to my life, make it real, make it relate in such a way that I go, oh, that's for me too? Yeah. And I can live in that peace because he gives it to me. So taking a beat for me is a way to acknowledge and open the door once again to, I want the Holy Spirit to come in in this moment as only he can fix it. Mm-hmm. Would you bring peace into the midst of my homework table right now with my children? Would you bring your peace, Lord, into the midst of dealing with my my parents' illness right now or whatever it is that you're facing, your own illness, your own circumstances? And when you take a beat, I do think that requires a certain amount of the next fruit of the spirit. Yeah, patience is a uh, is a big one. And long suffering is another word for it. Yeah, in fact, I you know I've been talking about uh, gotquestions.org, and I like the way that they talk about it with just the Greek and the compound word and all that in the original language. Uh, that it it does mean it means long temper in the sense of the ability to hold one's temper for a long time. Long suffering, the KJV uh, translates translates that a patient person is able to endure much pain and suffering without complaining. That last part's a tough one as well. Uh, A patient person is slow to anger as he waits for God to provide comfort and punish wrongdoing. And so the, the, so many of the examples, I think one thing that I don't see in the Bible that I have a lot of trouble with um, are the insignificant, minimal grating on your nerve situations that we deal with today. Because every example in the Bible is big, is important, uh, that, that comes off the top of my head. You know, you're talking about a shipwreck. You're talking about life and death. What happens if, um, you know, Karen next to you at the cubicle next to you gossips a little too much mm-hmm. or chews her food too loud, even more? I mean, that's not even a sin. The gossip's a sin. She chews her food too loud. But it annoys you. But it annoys the <laughs> Sam Hill out of you. And you're just like, and so I, I think it's just long-suffering pain. It's talking about these big situations, but obviously should apply to things like that too. And I'll, I'll, one example that always comes to mind for me is first of all, this other verse that I really enjoy in Colossians, the Bible says to put on a heart of patience. Mm. So I'm trying to not even just put on a face of patience. I'm trying yeah. to put on a heart of patience. That's a great verse. It, it says this, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Yes. And there was an employee, my old job, and we'll call her Rochelle. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was an employee, um, I'll just, uh, Rob, we'll call him Rob. And the friendliest, 
nicest guy. And by no means was it, was it in, in, in every day. But I was in a situation where I was getting up early. I was uh, doing a, a morning show with a radio station. I get there early. I do my show. Then I got to really cram a bunch of stuff before I leave for the day at 2 o'clock-ish and then have to drive. I lived about an hour away. So mm-hmm. I didn't have to drive an hour. So I'm really trying to concentrate, get all my stuff done because I don't want to delay this drive more than I already have to. It's already an hour long. And Rob would just occasionally come on down to the office and get his coffee get and bill. lean against the threshold of the door. Well, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't want this. <laughs> you, I, if I am in the middle of like waiting on something, yeah. absolutely. Let's have a conversation. But I'm trying to get out the door here, man. And, uh, I, you know, one thing I could have done is, is tell him, but you don't, in my mind, I didn't want to, you know, oh, hurt his fine feelings. and hurt, yeah. you know. And so I just put on a face of patience. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. You put I, on. While, while doing stuff at the same time. Okay. It's like, man, it wasn't every day. Yeah. Couldn't I have just occasionally, even for five minutes. That's the thing. Yeah. I had in my mind, well, it's going to be 20 minutes. I could have for five minutes chatted with him and go, well, Rob, I better get back to work. Why didn't I put on that heart of patience? Why couldn't I in my, this is not a big deal. The difference you just said, put on a face of patience as opposed to putting on a heart of patience mm-hmm. because the heart, um, the heart is what pumps blood to every part of your body. It is what gives life to every part of you. It is centrical to you living, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So putting on a heart of patience as opposed to just a facial expression, means it affects every bit of what you do. That's true. That's true, yeah. Um, there's, that's a really good, I think boundaries are okay to have, like in moments like that. If you sure. got to have a conversation, have a conversation, have a but conversation. either do or 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 be patient. <laughs> or do not, there is no try. <laughs> or do not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's, that's really good. And putting on, I, in fact, I was reading a devotional this morning in regards to putting on patience. It's like, okay, when you go to your clothes, I almost said hamper. You don't pull out dirty clothes. When you go to your clothes in your closet yeah, yeah. and you pull out the right appropriate clothes, it's like, oh, look, I have this. Right, right. No, let's say you walk out the door and you're not wearing it. Uh, problem. Problematic. And depending on what it is, jail or ticket. Exactly. <laughs> so what do you have to do? You have to choose to put it on. But you put it on, you wear it, and you are walking in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's telling us is to be patient. And I, how do you do that? I think all of a sudden you have empathy for people. And if you don't have empathy because you can't specifically relate to their just issues in life, God, would you give me a sympathetic heart? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What causes that that cubicle neighbor to gossip? Was there something that happened in her childhood? I remember um, even as a young person, I was bullied. I was made fun of. And I would try to pick the even nerdier kids out in a group so that the other people would leave me alone. Just kind of deflect a little bit. To deflect? Yeah. Well, wait a second. You know, can I somehow relate to that person who's gossiping because maybe she's trying to deflect something Mm -hmm. here? Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a reason why she acts that way. It doesn't make it okay by any stretch. But all of a sudden now I have... I have some patience for her personality and I'm like, Hmm, I can see it in myself. Lord, would you show me anything that I might be struggling with in other people? 
does that dwell in me? Can you use it for your glory in some way that brings a sympathy about or an empathy? Yeah, it really is amazing when you know somebody's situation. And we'll take a family member, for example, uh, that you're you're going to be more patient with because you know them and you love them yeah. on if they keep messing up. And I know obviously there's some harsh family situations where somebody done messed up a million times and you've given up on them. Mm-hmm. But at, at the very least, you gave them chance after chance. And for some reason, we meet a stranger or it's a, a co-worker that a few days, couple weeks in, we just don't give them that the time of day like that. Or it's the complete opposite. You have more grace for a complete stranger and less for the family member that's... You think so? <laughs> sometimes, yes. Yeah? Yes, it's easier for me to be kinder sometimes to complete strangers than it is to those that I live with on a daily basis because when I'm that close to somebody that I live with all the time... I see their woes, their problems every single day and that they haven't gotten them fixed yet. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, so first of all, look inward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, you're looking at them way too much. Pray for them. I was reading in, in First Peter, I think it's chapter 3, don't quote me on that, but he's he's really addressing wives. And he says, look, I want you to do less about you I mean, less about you fixing your husband mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and more about making sure that your walk is honest and good because it's going to change your husband. Apparently, back in that first century, a lot more women came to Jesus super fast. Okay. I don't know if it was where they were at. Status-wise on the totem pole, they were just more sensitive and they received Jesus. We know that he had many women followers, um, but there were a lot of women in that church, that early church. And the husbands weren't quite on board just yet. Maybe they had seen many a guy come into town and profess to be the Messiah. Maybe that's what, I'm here to save you. They heard so many war stories about the amazing Hercules, or I don't know, back in the day with mm-hmm. Greek and Roman right. uh, culture. Uh, I'm not going to buy it just yet. And he was saying, if you convince your husband, not with your tongue, but with your lifestyle, you are going to sway them because of the way you are portraying yourself, you are meek, yeah. you are humble. They will see you living out what you believe and it will be the most persuasive thing you can do. I thought that was, wow, what an incredible word for him to give to these wives. And um, the example was given in this devotional that there's this one guy in Gallon Church, brand newlyweds, and there they are, happy as can be. And over the you know next few weeks, the pastor notices the guy's demeanor is changing a little bit. Not uh-huh. quite as happy-go-lucky. And so he takes him aside, hey, how's married life? And the guy's completely makes the pastor go, oh. <laughs> he said, I didn't realize marriage could be this awful. Mm. What's going on? And then the guy starts sharing, basically with the pastor, enough information to clue the pastor in that the man in this family is not necessarily the spiritual leader of the household mm-hmm. that the wife wants him to be. He says, pastor, she, she tells me uh, Bible before breakfast. She won't allow me to eat until I read my Bible. I, I, she'll tell me, I believe God has told me that you're supposed to fast. And so she, she doesn't allow me to have lunch during the middle of the day. When I'm at work, when I come home, the first thing she'll say sometimes is, all right, we're going to do a two-hour Bible study together with my mom, and we're not going to eat dinner right away. So you've worked all day. You come home. And again, if this guy is not where he should be spiritually, this is not the way what First Peter is telling us mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
to encourage your spouse. The way to encourage your spouse is to live out what the Holy Spirit has been revealing to you and not be constantly pointing out the speck in everybody else's eye. Yeah. What about the plank in my own eyes, what Scripture says? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's constantly checking my mirror, my spiritual mirror. Lord, am I walking in your peace today? Did it get away from me again? I had it when my grandmother passed. I don't yeah. have it in this traffic moment. I want to live in it. We'll get more into this with gentleness and self-control, but I got to say with where we're at right now, politically and, and socially, and just with the divisiveness that we've seen, uh, there are so many times that I see a post from a church or a post from somebody that I know is a believer going, what are we doing? Mm. We are not being patient. We're not being peaceful. We are putting politics before Jesus and clearly because of the way that we talk to people. And one one verse that I've really uh, enjoyed over the last few days, Proverbs 15, 28 says that lovers of God think before they speak, but the careless blurt out wicked words meant to cause harm. I mean, this is another, obviously you're talking about the fruit of the spirit with patience. It's not the only place that you'll see promotion of peace and patience. I mean, here's one right here before we speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is, I think these two with where we're at as believers, we can fights about the carpet color or if the pastor said something I didn't like, and I don't mean false theology. I mean, he just didn't, he said something I didn't like. Uh, there is something here where we have to do better. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I'd be bold enough to say, and I, I, I think it's just a truthful statement and it's sad, but I, I think some of the people we see making these statements um, are not, are truly not believers in Jesus, people that go to church, but are not believers. Uh, and so there's also people, and we've all done it in some way, that we just got to get this attitude adjustment. We got to let, like we say, let utilize this. It's available to us. We just got to utilize it on a, on a better basis and not let other people influence us to just, Hey, you know, the pastor said this, what do you think about that? Well, I'm going to go off Proverbs 15, 28, and I'm going to slowly respond. Yeah. You know what? In fact, I'll go talk to the pastor myself before I sign your Facebook petition. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Mm. Those are my kids. Um, I think about if the tables were turned, what if God was impatient? We wouldn't be here. No, 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 no. Are we supposed to walk around in the character of who Jesus Christ is? If we have said yes to him and we've said, I, it's no longer about me, I denied myself, I've taken up my cross, and I follow after him, as we're commanded to do as followers in the New Testament, then I utilize these things to get to that place. Because <laughs> you can't do it on your own power. This is of God. So you can have patience for people who, quite frankly, when you read their posts on Facebook and you think they're wrong because you have scriptural backup, you can be so right that you're wrong because sure. of your attitude in regards to it. Yeah. And you're not going to get anywhere with them. Ultimately, it's about what Christ says and does. It's about his eternal values. And he's asking us to follow his set of his set of character traits because when we do that, we make an impact for his kingdom in this world, and that's our job as well. And it's not about my right to my right to mm -hmm. my understanding about this right. It's about, God, I have chosen to lay myself down in order for you to be lifted up. Can I be tuned in with your spirit in this moment? 
Can I take a beat? Can I grab hold of your piece, represent you as being one of your kids, as a peacemaker? And can I be patient with these folks? Yeah. Because you were patient with me. And and he was so countercultural that I think we can't be afraid to to be that. It, when it's peace and patience that we are seeking after, it might not be getting on the bandwagon of something that we originally thought we should. He was so, Jesus was so different. And I'd rather be different like him than be normal like the world. It's like Captain America. What is that? So I was just watching Civil War and on this we close. Yes, but I was, good. We'll close on Captain America. I'm re-watching Marvel. There was this moment in Civil War or whether you agree with Iron Man's side or you agree with Captain America's, America's side, there was this moment where it became clear to him, even if the entire world was against the stance that he felt in his gut was right. Ah, yes. He needed to take that stance. Yeah. And he did. And I'm like, okay, so as a follower of Jesus Christ, and it's this is easy for me to say and broadcast, and it's another thing to live it out. Sure. Even if everybody else says, uh-uh. Does Jesus call me to it? And am I going to stand for what he's asked me to stand for in the face of friends, family members, mm. the public eye? Am I bold for Christ? Uh, this has been a great discussion of peace and patience. Another couple of the uh, fruit of the spirit, fruits of the spirit. And we'll get to more next week. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control still to go in this series. Look forward to seeing you next week. 